Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whatever time of the day you're watching this broadcast or listening to it on the IEM Approach podcast. This is Dr. Eric Tangumonkem with IEM Approach, where we inspire, equip, and motivate people to discover God's great potential in them, develop that potential, and deploy it. I want to thank you sincerely for stopping by. I want to thank you so much for joining us on this broadcast. Can you do these few things for me? Please, if you have not yet subscribed to my channel, I encourage you to do so immediately. Great content is coming your way. Invite some other people to join us if you haven't done so. Lastly, share. Share this broadcast so that other people can join the conversation. We cannot move forward if we don't talk to each other. I have a few disclaimers to make. I am not running for office. I am not representing any political party. I have not been paid to have this conversation. I am an immigrant who showed up in the United States of America with a single suitcase at minus more than $6,000. Without any scholarships promised to me, I showed up believing that it was possible for me to go to graduate school. Yes, and I graduated with a PhD debt free. It took me 14 long years to become a US citizen. I'm saying this so that you can understand my background, where I've been and what I've been through so that we can have a level-headed conversation. Before we talk about the comprehensive immigration solution to the current issue that we are having with immigration, I would like to remind us of a few important points that we need to factor into our conversation. It's very important for us to have a certain understanding. If not, it's gonna be very difficult to come up with a solution. I remember very well when I just came here, as I said, I was at minus $6,000 in debt at 10% a month. Somebody heard about it. And the person was like, 
so you have all this debt and you are struggling. You are not sure to remain in school. Why don't you go back to your country of birth, work and pay the debt? Then you can come back and go to school. I cannot blame this person. If this person understood the economic reality on the ground that I had left behind, maybe they would have proposed a different solution. And that's why today we have millions of people in our midst who are living in the shadows, they are living in fear. And some of us are thinking, why don't you just go back? Why did you come here in the first place? If you haven't met some of them, if you haven't met anybody that's living in the shadows in the US, I have met many. I know many people that are in that predicament. And we cannot afford to let them continue living like that. Before we ask the question of what are they doing here, I want us to go back a little bit and understand the three reasons. Plus the fourth one, why people get displaced in the first place, why people move in the first place. It is not unique to us. It has been part of human history. It is part of the human experience. Even the Son of God himself, Jesus Christ, had to migrate temporarily because he was fleeing persecution. He was fleeing from terror from King Herod. When Jesus was born, after some time, the king wanted to kill all the male children, and Jesus had to flee with his parents to Egypt if that possibility to change his geographical location was not available. The billions of people who believe in Christ today will be lost. So I want us to understand that immigration is at the heart of part of God's bigger agenda. So people move for three reasons. I've already expanded on that, but I want to remind you if you are joining us for the first time so that we can all be on the same page. This is very important. If we don't understand this, we cannot come up with a solution because we ask the wrong questions, we're going to get the wrong answers. People move, number one, they are fleeing from persecution. It can be religious persecution, it can be ethnic cleansing, whatever war, situations that are really beyond the control of these individuals. They will flee for their lives. Moses fled to Midian when Pharaoh wanted to kill him. The second reason is for economic betterment, empowerment. You can put it in any way you want. The second reason is that people are looking for a better life. 
If there's famine, people will move. If the economy collapses, people will move. If people want better educational opportunities, they will move to wherever they will find better opportunities. Abraham left the promised land to Egypt when there was famine. If that opportunity, privilege for him to move was not there, he's, he would have failed in his mission. The third reason is people who are looking to be uh, um, um, people who are forced to move out of their free violation. In, we've, heard of, we've had a history of slavery and uh, people are being uh, persecuted, uh, um, forced to move. Women, children are caught and moved without their uh, permission. And there are those that move, lastly, because they want to conquer the move because whatever, maybe they need new land, or economic conquest, we call it. So we need to be aware of the reasons why people move. And all these reasons, one that brings confrontation and pushback is those that move for conquest. If you are moving for conquest, you are going to face opposition. Just make sure nobody's going to roll over and let you con conquer them without them fighting back. And that's why it's very important why we have this conversation to ask ourselves, why are these people here in the first place? Is it for economic reason? Are they fleeing persecution? Are they here to conquer? Were they forcefully brought here? When we can establish the reasons why people are here, we can then start talking about how do we come up with a solution that is going to better all of us. We cannot fault anybody for fleeing from persecution. We cannot fault anybody who is trying to look for better economic opportunities. We cannot fault anybody that has been forced to migrate because somebody enslaved them, somebody they, they, they've been, uh, they were involved in trafficking, moved out of their own free volition. That said, the reasons why people move are tied to the fact that nobody moves to a place that is not better than where they left. And that is why it's very important for us to ask those that are here, the millions of people that are illegal, we need to ask them this basic question. Why did you choose to move to the United States? And upon all the countries in the world, you settle down on the US. I'm going to make, I'm going, I'm going to attempt to answer the question for them. I may not be giving the right question, but what I know is this. They chose to move to the United States because they felt that the United States was a beacon of hope. It was going to offer them something that wherever they left, they couldn't have it there. Because if they could make it wherever they left, 
they wouldn't have left in the first place. That said, if that is the reason why you moved, because the U.S. had something to offer to you, the next question you have to ask yourself is, how come the U.S. is positioned to be able to offer whatever attracted you to the U.S.? And now this takes us to the, a very fundamental ground zero uh, 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 position that we need to start from there. The rule of law. The rule of law is very important. I'm not saying that we should kill somebody for breaking the law. I'm not saying that we should maltreat anybody for breaking the law. I'm not saying that we should punish somebody for breaking the law. I'm not saying that we should look down on anybody for breaking the law. I'm not saying that we should treat anybody without compassion for breaking the law. But this is what I'm saying. Laws are there for a purpose. Laws are there for a purpose. And it is not acceptable to break the laws. It is not acceptable to break the laws. This is something that all of us must agree on. Without law and order, without law and order, there's going to be anarchy. It's not going to benefit any of us. It's very, very important for us to accept that we need law and order. Immigration must be done within the context of law and order. It's going to benefit everybody. Please. I've heard a lot of people say, oh, America is a lot of immigrants, so anything goes. That attitude and that way of looking at it like that is refusing to face the fact that migration is a universal phenomenon. America is not the only place that people move to. Even the countries that you left, there are people moving within the country looking for better opportunities. Just because you moved thousands of miles away from your country of birth does not mean that you do it without following the laws that are in place. If there are bad laws, let's change them. But as long as those laws are there, we have to uphold them. We cannot break laws and expect the country to run well. It is the highest form of injustice to have laws in the book and we enforce some of the laws and turn a blind eye to other laws. It is unfair to the citizens of this country who are going to jail for breaking laws, paying traffic fines for breaking laws, and we have laws, our laws in the books, and we don't want to enforce them. It is going to cause our society to crumble. We don't want that to happen. And that is why before we move into a comprehensive a, a solution, to the present immigration problem, we have to start at ground zero. Those that have broken the law have to own up. They must admit that, yes, whatever problem forced me 
to flee to the United States or overstay my visa, whatever you did to violate the terms and conditions of the visa that was issued to you, or you got into the country without a visa, however you got here, you are here right now, you need to own up that you didn't do it the right way. It's, 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 you, have, you must admit that. You cannot just insist, oh, it's my right. Because if you left and went to work one day, and you came back from work, you are living alone in a three-bedroom house, and somebody forcefully got into your house with his family of two and occupied two of the rooms. I mean, you are still having one room. And the person tells you, I'm homeless. I need space. You are alone. You're having three bedrooms. Why are you wasting them? I need to use those rooms. It's my right. Would that be fair? While this example may seem absurd, countries, nations, as we know them right now, every nation in the world has boundaries. Every nation has laws that govern the entry and exit of people until the day that all national boundaries will be wiped out. Then, People can freely move around without any restrictions. At the moment, we have some restrictions. I am not saying that those restrictions are good or bad. That is a conversation of another time. But if you move into any territory right now and you break the laws, and you are insisting that I'll be rewarded for breaking the law, that is not going to hold. The countries that you left you know very well that foreigners who move there as well, when they break the laws, they are not treated lightly. People get deported and all that. And to say that in the United States, it's a land of immigrants, so everything goes. I think that attitude is not building. It's a destructive attitude. Character, character is very, very important. It's going to take you far. Fortunately, we are wrapping up this conversation today. And when we start talking about how to excel as an immigrant, how to position yourself to do well, you realize that developing character, being a person of integrity, is going to go a long way to make you successful. After all, it's not just showing up on the shores of the United States, it's, not, it's, not, it's no guarantee for success. You're going to realize that, oh, there is a lot to learn. There is a lot to give if you want to do well. That is discussion for another day. Today, I want us to come up with a comprehensive solution to those that are already here. We cannot pretend they're not there. They are having children. Their numbers are growing. And the pressure on the system is mounting. We need to come up with a pathway for these people to be able to join 
the mainstream, stop living in the shadows, stop living in fear, walk, pay taxes, and contribute to building this great nation. Please, I want you to remember this. I'm not talking about the United States of America because it's a country that is not having a terrible past, or it's a country that is not having issues. I am here right now. I'm talking as a citizen, and my country has some issues that I think together we can address them. When I started this conversation a few days ago, I said we have three solutions. The first one is not to do anything. We discussed it and I said, that is a dead end. We cannot afford to pretend the problem is not there because those of us who think, oh, uh, these immigrants are foreigners and uh, my life is good right now. Oh, when you grow old, you're going to meet them in the nursing homes. Maybe your parents are already in nursing homes and these immigrants are taking care of them. When you get sick, you're going to go to the doctor. If your doctor is not an immigrant, oh, your nurse is going to be an immigrant. The teachers of your children is going to be an immigrant. They are here. Whether we like it or not, it's just what it is. And I think it's time for us to start thinking how to engage and come up with solutions because it's going to be for our good. The second possible solution is to deport everybody. I said that one too is just, it's not feasible. It's not going to work. Yeah, we can deploy the military and get rid of everybody. Remember, they have children. What are you going to do with the kids who are U.S. citizens? Separate them from their parents? Or let their parents go raise them out of the country and bring them back in? When? Do you know the impact on these kids if they are raised in a different culture and they try to come back in? You should ask some of us immigrants who came in how difficult it's been to get integrated. Take my case, for example. Before I came here, never really used computers. I'm a graduate student, and you know all the American kids. I can see them. Uh, my, my, they, they, they are typing without looking at this keyboard and, and doing research. And I'm there, you know, trying to type one finger and look at the keyboard and type one finger. I didn't even know uh, uh, um, what a folder was, and it, it's just been a lot of learning. That is why. Deporting everybody is really not a solution. And the third option, just, oh, let's just, let's just give them, uh, you know, citizenship. Hey, yeah, ha. you are here, kumbaya, good. We love you so much. Oh, social justice, uh, this, we, we have compassion. Really? That is not compassion. You're not helping the people. You're not helping the country. You don't reward lawlessness. And that's why we have to be fair. True justice is that of treating everybody equal under the law. I have said that people have a reason, a reason to migrate, and we have to accept that. However, it must be done legally. It must be done right if it's going to benefit all of us. You cannot have some citizens break the law and nothing is done, and some break the law and we will reward them. It is not fair. You should ask some of us 
who waited in the line. And there are millions more who are waiting in the line if we fix the system and they want to do it right. Why do we reward those who refuse to take their place? Well, you can say that uh, that doesn't really matter. They, they force their way in. Oh, yeah, then if you want to use that way, then the law falls on you. You should not complain. As I said, if you try, if you are migrating to Occupy, no, there's going to be pushback. And that is something we're going to talk about. It's very important. Because some of these issues were having difficulties because these days you cannot say anything. You're going to be called names. Uh, you'll be labeled. Uh, you, you, you are xenophobic. You are hateful. You are racist and, 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 and all that. So, so, but that is not going to stifle the conversation. We must have it. Our country, if you look at the news, what is happening at the southern borders right now is pitiful. How on earth Will parents send their children on, on accompanied minors to go to a foreign country? How are these children going to live? What are the parents thinking? And that is why we need to take away the incentive for people to do such reckless acts. We have to take away the incentive that is going to help organize the system. There are people here who like exploiting foreign workers who don't have purpose. That has to stop. That has to stop. Employ people and pay them fair wages. Some of us want the system to remain broke so that we can exploit it and exploit people and make money off of them. It's a form of modern slavery. You employ people, you know they don't have papers, they don't have no rights, you treat them anyhow. That is evil. It has to stop. Don't take advantage of people. The system is broken, we know. Then we have to fix it. Fix the system. Come up with a system that somebody wants to migrate to the United States, they have clarity on what to do. We have to remove the pressures of, 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 on, on those that want to come here. Some of them became illegal. It's just the way... The system is. There's no, no, no pathway for people to move here. Uh, uh, the, the, the possibilities are very stream, uh, are very stringent. It's time for us to organize a system in a way that those that want to move here don't have to lie and cheat and climb over walls and all that if they want to move in. If it's organized. And that is why we need to make sure if somebody wants to move here and settle in the US, we have to come out with a, a more uh, reasonable requirement for people who want to move in the US so that you can vet them and let them come and contribute to the uh, building of the country. And, and that is why for, for those of us who are here, we first of all, also have to understand that people have to move. It's okay, immigration is good. When it's done properly, we are going to have a lot of benefits because most people who migrate, they are highly driven. Most people who migrate, they, have, uh, uh, they, they, they take a lot of risks. Most people who migrate, they are high achievers. It takes a lot of courage to pack and move to a new, a, a, a new place, to start all over. These people, uh, they, they bring innovation. There is a lot of benefit 
They, most immigrants are really very hardworking because they usually compare where they are living to where they are going to and the opportunities that have been given to them. They have a very grateful heart and most of them, are, we know the impact of immigration on the United States, for example. The, the Thomas Edison's, the Andrew Carnegie's, you name them. And just because the first wave of immigrants came from the uh, uh, from Europe, it doesn't mean that uh, somebody's skin color has anything to do with the amount of contribution they are going to do when they come into this country. And, and that is why I have a book on racism. We're going to talk about that along the line because some of the pushback on people moving into the country uh, is, is ill-informed. And nobody's skin color has anything to do with the potential that is in them. Nobody's skin color has anything to do with the contribution they can make. Some of us are here. We are already contributing a lot. And a lot of immigrants, if you haven't been served by one, sooner or later you will. And, 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 and this is a conversation that we need to have. Some people have to move for their destinies to be made manifest. That we need to understand. The only thing I'm advocating right now is this. Let us fix the system. You think the system is not broken? You think it's not also impacted me? Yeah, I'm a citizen. My parents couldn't come for my graduation. They couldn't come for my brother's graduation and stuff like that. I don't understand why they go to the embassy. They won't give them a visa. You think about that. So the system is broken. The system is clocked up. It's time for us to go back to the drawing board and fix it. Take away the incentive. Don't reward people for breaking the law. Some have suggested that those that are already here will give them green cards and they never become citizens because they violated the basic fundamental requirement of being law abiding. It's like somebody having a felony, going to prison and never being able to vote again or something like that. That is the possibility. And if these people really want to become US citizens, when they give them a green card, they can leave the country stand on the line and take their position and become citizens. Because there are millions of people who are waiting out there, if given an opportunity, they would like to legally join the country. Why do we reward those that have broken, broken the law? We shouldn't do it. They don't, we don't deport them. We let them be here, give them work papers, give them a green card, but prevent them from ever becoming citizens. That's going to send a clear message. If one day become part of this country, Laws work, and laws, when they work, they benefit everybody. We know. Some of us are coming from places where laws don't work, and we know the impact of that anarchy on everybody's life. Let's not repeat the same mistakes. We need to keep America great. We need to make it better for the next generation. And for that to happen, we need people who are law-abiding. Please, if you tell me I break the law because the pressure on me was too much, I, then uh, how are we sure that when pressure mounts on you in future, you're not going to break the law? Because other people have persevered, like some of us. took us 14 years. We went through a lot of struggle because we wanted to do it right. It means it's possible to do it right. It's unfair to all the other people that have persevered, gone through the pressure, 
I don't eat right for us to say, oh, it doesn't matter. We can't do that. Amnesty was passed in 2000 and uh, uh, in uh, 1986 or so, and we know what happened. Many more people came because America, you're not serious about your laws. We need to get serious. Come out with other ways that people can come into the country. I want all of us to be thinking, if you're listening to this broadcast today, this is a problem that's not going to go away until all of us start talking about it. If you haven't met any immigrants that are in this predicament, sooner or later you will. We have to intervene right now. Please hear me and hear me clearly. I am in for immigration. I am in for immigration done the right way because we need it. There are people all over the world that need to be here. If, 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 if that is what they desire. If we do it in an organized fashion, it is going to benefit all of us. By the way, the population of the U.S. is declining. Other countries are opening up for immigrants to move to. We have to position ourselves to attract the best of the best. And this conversation has to continue. We cannot reward those who have broken the law, but we cannot banish them. We have to create an opportunity for them to stop living in hiding, living in fear, not being able to participate in the life of the community, not being able to raise their children uh, in a way that is going to position these children to help the country. We need each person to be empowered. We need each person to be positioned in a way that it will help them to be able to participate in building a stronger and greater country. I want to thank you so much for listening. I want to thank you so much for participating in this conversation. Hopefully, you are going to engage. Call your congressman, call your senator, tell them that the issue of immigration is a time bomb. We cannot afford to keep kicking the can down the road because a lot of destruction is taking place because there are people here that have not been incorporated in our system and they need to be incorporated. Let's come up with a solution. And when you meet immigrants who are in this predicament, please listen to their story. Get to know the people. They are, they are humans like you. They, they, are, they are seeking the same things that you are seeking. And together, we, 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 we will be able to, to, to fix this. Strengthen the borders, strengthen the vetting processes, and make sure that those who truly want to get in, they have an opportunity too. And so that we can prevent people trying to get in illegally. For the next 52 days, I am going to be talking about this book. Each day, I will treat one of the topics or one of the chapters in the book. I wrote this book to help all the immigrants that have moved to the United States. And if you are an immigrant in another country or even in a country, if you've moved from one place to the other, some of the principles shared in this book are going to help you. Moving is just 
the first step, getting integrated, building a new network, is something that you must do if you want to do well. It's not just enough to show up. You have to be equipped. You have to be positioned. There are a lot of things that you need to know. I want you to stay tuned. Come Monday, from Monday to Saturday, I will treat each topic until we go each chapter until we go through all the 52 chapters. You are going to love it. It's going to be amazing. I'm saying this because I want you to know I like immigrants, I like immigration, and that is why I'm providing some of these resources, sharing my own experiences. I don't want anybody to think that, oh, we are saying this because uh, we don't like people to, to move around and better themselves and all that. No, when we do it the right way, oh, it's going to benefit everybody. So we're going to be talking about um, topics like um, learning about other cultures, expanding your network, uh, knowing who you are, learning to drive, learning... Um, uh, taking ownership of your story, watching what you eat, exercising regularly, uh, about volu volunteering, learning English, and learning American history, and all that. So it is just a lot in the book for everybody. And I want to encourage you. You may want to get a copy now and follow through as I walk through every chapter. If you have questions, if you need personal coaching, mentorship, if you want me to come speak, uh, I'm available. Just let me know how we can keep this conversation going. If you have any questions, any concerns, there is a number on the screen that you call that number, you're going to be talking to me directly. 214 908 3963. There is an email there, eternalkingdom101 at gmail.com. You can also email me leave comments, and let's keep this conversation going. So for the next 52 weeks, we are going to be treating this book. Lots of nuggets in there. We don't want you to make the mistakes that some of us have made. We want you to succeed. Those of you who are already migrated, we want to equip you so that you can rise up to the occasion. You are here at a time such as this because America needs you. That is why you showed up here. And you can take your place amongst the likes of... Uh, Andrew Carnegie, the likes of um, Tesla and all, Albert Einstein. I mean, the list can go on and on. Those that showed up, Thomas Edison, they all migrated, came here, and they built a great country. Now is our time, and together we're going to make a difference. Thank you for watching. You've been listening to Dr. Eric Tangumonkan with IEM Approach, where we inspire, equip, and motivate people to discover God's great potential in them, develop that potential and deploy it. Until next time, see you and God bless you.